James chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, these are God's words. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Amen. So far, reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. Here, the prophet, our Lord's brother, is returning to a theme that he had begun in chapter 1, where the Lord himself uh, was our riches, and he had said, Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with the burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. So there's nothing wrong with having earthly wealth. The problem is if we find our riches or our richness in the earthly wealth. Uh, rather, he has already told us for the rich brother to glory in humiliation to glory in the fact that his true riches are so great in God and so permanent in God through the gospel of Jesus Christ that the wealth that he has in this life and all the things that he can buy and enjoy are lowly and humble by comparison uh, to the wealth that he and the poor brother share in common. So as the poor brother is exalted and lifted up in the Lord and uh, has a greatness and a wealth that the whole world together cannot provide or understand. Uh, so also the rich brother, and he views his earthly richness uh, as small and dwarfed by comparison. And so now he is addressing those who find their richness in their riches on the earth. Uh, and that if they are if they find that the good life is the things that they have, the wealth that they possess, and the things that can be obtained by that wealth, then uh, they do not have a genuinely good life, and they should be instead weeping and howling. It's connected to the passage that we had last week for those who think that the good life is their profit, uh, and they think that they are uh, going to uh, tomorrow, uh, today or tomorrow, go to such and such a city and spend a year there and buy and sell and make profit. They've forgotten that lesson, haven't they, from chapter one, that they're like a flower that springs up in the morning and fades in the evening and vanishes and dies and is thrown into the fire. And so they have forgotten that godliness with contentment is great gain because godliness is content with God and has something that even death 
uh, cannot take away, but rather gives us our uh, return on investment. Our investment comes into its maturity and pays off big uh, when we die, if your riches are God and your investment is in God. Uh, and so earthly wealth is actually spiritually dangerous because the more we have of it, the more in, dan the more in danger we are uh, of uh, many sins and many follies that come from rejoicing in, exalting in uh, our earthly wealth. Uh, and some of these that are mentioned here, and we could actually draw uh, other ones, so these are just some of the main ones, are uh, the danger of false security, the danger of hoarding or uh, living for accumulation, for accumulation's sake, the danger of being a thief or a cheat, the danger of self-indulgence, uh, and the danger even of placing riches over uh, against prioritizing riches over the lives of others, uh, and so betrayal and murder. Uh, so rejoicing in riches puts us in danger uh, of false security. The rich do not see themselves as about to lose their riches. They think their riches are solid and valuable and uh, permanent, uh, when even our life, as we heard in verse 14 of the previous chapter, is a vapor that appears for a little time. Uh, and so there's this wonderful picture in verse 2, your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. And so you have your riches nicely stacked, your golden coins maybe uh, in the picture, and you have uh, your uh, apparently beautiful garments uh, nicely folded over here. But you go to grab coins uh, to buy something with them, uh, and you didn't realize that they're, uh, they are corrupted, they are corroded. And when you try to grab a coin, pick up a coin, it crumbles into dust and vanishes in your hand. And you pick up a piece of clothing to put it on, uh, but it is so threadbare and moth-eaten with all the holes, it's worse than being naked. It doesn't cover you at all, and you thought it was going to be elegant, uh, but it just looks like uh, the worst of rags because it's eaten uh, by moths. And if we think that uh, that we have substance or, or our power to um, obtain things by the wealth, and if we think that we have adornment and beauty by the clothing, then we are self-deceived. It's a false security that we have if our if we feel secure in or uh, adorned by, exalted by what we have. So that's one danger of finding our richness in riches is false security. And don't don't succumb to that danger. Sometimes the way that you discover that you had a false security in riches uh, when you didn't even recognize it is when your earthly wealth is threatened and you find yourself suddenly anxious. Well, if your security was in the Lord and his goodness to you in that wealth, uh, the earthly wealth being threatened has not done anything to take the Lord away or, or to increase the risk of the Lord being taken away. That can be 
multiplied by whatever factor, there's zero risk. No one can take God away. And so that is sometimes how you find out about the false security. Uh, the second uh, danger here is hoarding. Uh, you have heaped up treasure uh, in the last days. Uh, and so accumulating, uh, accumulating that which will be uh, entirely and completely uh, eliminated. And the old preacher illustration uh, that you don't see a U-Haul being pulled by a hearse. Sadly, this is something that, uh, for instance, the Egyptians with uh, their pyramids uh, stuffed with things and uh, even uh, apparently living queens uh, being buried with their pharaohs uh, and the Chinese uh, emperors also having burial sites where they, they would have, uh, they would literally make sculpture armies uh, at the burial site to continue to serve the emperor. But truly, the pharaoh or the emperor, like every other man, becomes worm, uh, worm food and worm poo as to dust they return by the agency uh, of the lowest of creatures. Uh, do not heap up for yourself treasure in this world. Accumulation for accumulation's sake is such folly. It's a much more ancient version of the dopamine hit game as you increase your bottom line a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. One saw uh, a wealthy man, he was being interviewed, uh, and the interviewer asked, and this man was a multi-billionaire, uh, and the, the interviewer asked him, uh, how much is enough? And the man said, one more dollar. One more dollar. He's heaping up treasure in the last days. Now, money is useful. Uh, and you want to be wise with it for the purpose of serving others, especially for serving your heirs. If you are looking to God uh, by his blessing upon you to uh, make you fruitful and multiply you, not just biologically, but spiritually, that many who are made in God's image and renewed, redeemed in that image uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ and by his spirit would come from you. Uh, one of the things that you do with whatever God gives you in this life uh, is employ it in hope uh, that uh, it will be useful to your descendants after you. Now, if the Lord on whom you are trusting for those things wipes out what you accumulate, uh, you're still trusting the Lord, and he's the one who you hope will provide for your children and your children's children. Uh, however, he is pleased to do so. But he has appointed to you to be wise in how you use what he's given you in hope that you get to be the one through whom he provides for your offspring, even materially. That's not wrong. Uh, that's biblical. You want to be wise with your investments so that you can support the work uh, of God and the local congregation and take care of the poor and facilitate the the ministry of the uh, public worship and the means of grace and the discipleship. You want to be able to uh, help send people like 
Paul asked the Romans to help send him to Spain and thanked the Philippians for their partnership in sending him with the gospel. Accumulation for the purpose of the service of God is not wrong, but accumulation for accumulation's sake is utter folly. What are you going to do with it? You've heaped up treasure in the last days. So there's the danger of false security. There's the danger of hoarding. And somebody who is finding their security in wealth and enjoying accumulating it just for the sake of accumulating it, well, they have now put themselves uh, in danger of serving it, uh, in which case they become willing to cheat and steal. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields. Okay, so there was uh, there was a contract in place. A certain price for a certain job. And verse 4 says, The job is done, which you kept back by fraud. And so uh, there's some technicality here or some deception in the way that the contract was made and uh, the clever businessman or the clever lawyer of the businessman has figured out a way to keep back some of the money that was understood to have been promised. Uh, and so there's not just uh, not just the stealing here, but there's the intentionality and the deception as the mechanism of stealing. And it's disgusting. Even in God's common grace, uh, the vast majority of pagans understand this to be disgusting. That's why... Um, you know, the tax collector who's skimming off the top uh, because he's going to use the Roman uh, military might uh, to twist your arm if you complain uh, against him. And so he's collecting more on technicalities and, and making himself rich. Um, was the prototypical uh, evil person, uh, even to the point that uh, in our in our morning sermon text this past week, Jesus to say, doesn't even the most wicked person you can think of do the same says, doesn't the tax collector, doesn't the publican uh, do the same. But if you become uh, someone who finds your security in wealth or accumulates it for its own sake, you put yourself in danger of serving it and making yourself a grotesque disfigurement of a man uh, or a woman of a person uh, who cheats and steals to increase your money and then self-indulgence your money cannot love you back so do not love money Uh, the love of money is at the root of many evils uh, but uh, it does enable you more and more to love yourself uh, to live not out of love for the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, not to love your brother as Christ loved you, not to love your neighbor, but just to love pleasing yourself. And so you become grotesque not only in how you relate to others, you become grotesque even in how you relate to your own self. He says, you have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter, like the stupid animal that doesn't know that it is coming to the end of its life. It just thinks, wow, my lunch and supper 
have been doubled the whole last week. Isn't life wonderful? And so you're just stuffing your face at every opportunity and enjoying every physical pleasure that you can, and you don't realize that it's because you are about to be destroyed. Now, for that animal, it's because you're about to become someone else's supper. But if you're serving self-indulgence as wealth, uh, which is a grotesque god uh, and will deceive you into living for immediate gratification like that, self-indulgence like that, it's not because you're about to become someone else's supper. It's because you're being given over more and more uh, to your godlessness and your ingratitude and your living not to glorify God or give thanks. Uh, and you are about to be plunged into hell. That's the day of the slaughter here. It's spiritual slaughter. It's not just treasure in the last days, like your life is about to end. Uh, it's that you're about to receive your end. And so the great danger of self-indulgence uh, and how dreadful when someone who is given over to it has more opportunity for it like wealth affords them. Uh, and so uh, this fourth great danger in this passage, the danger of false security, the danger of accumulation for accumulation's sake, the danger of theft and fraud, the danger of self-indulgence, and finally, the danger of betrayal and murder. You have condemned, you have murdered is bad enough that you would, that you would value wealth uh, over the life of anyone else made in the image of God. No, we're supposed to prioritize people over property. People are the great valuable thing in, among all the creatures, for they are the one creature that are made in the image of the Creator. But not only is there murder here, there is betrayal, because the one they have condemned, they have trumped up charges against, here is the just one, the righteous one, who does not resist you. He is one who rejoices and is exceedingly glad when he's persecuted. He's the one who loves his enemies. Uh, he's here not being hostile, not uh, hating you. He is one who follows the end of Matthew 5. He is the one who's described by the beginning of Matthew 5, which is to say he is one who is in Christ and so conformed to Christ uh, that when you condemn him and when you murder him, you can know of a certainty uh, that what has been produced in his heart by grace comes from union with Christ. And so what you do to him isn't just done to a righteous one. It is received by God as done to the righteous one. And so there is no form of uh, suicidal action uh, so great as condemning and murdering this man. Uh, the classic example of this in scripture, uh, what Jezebel and Ahab being willing to let her do on his behalf did to Naboth, uh, for sure at the judgment uh, that will be responded to as done unto Jesus Christ himself. You have condemned, you have murdered the just, he does not resist you. What a wicked betrayal and murder. And so the, the riches of this world, if we do not learn to rejoice in our humiliation and see 
the riches of uh, of having God, the riches that we have in God, as so infinitely greater that we view earthly riches by comparison as humiliation. The riches of this world pose us great spiritual danger. And so this is the right way to use, not for you know, how well you did in the football game. This is the right way to use, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When the Apostle Paul says, I know how to be abased or I know how to be in want. Uh, and he uses both of those in Philippians 4.12. And I know how to abound. By grace, I can actually have much without being spiritually harmed. That is a, a rare and wonderful gift of God. When a man has both the earthly wealth and the spiritual wealth. So that by the grace of God, he can have these riches without being destroyed spiritually by them. So we do want for each of you, our dear children, to be well off in this world, not for yourselves, for the service of God and for the service and for the, uh, the helping of the generations that come from you to serve God, to belong to him. But much more than that, we want you to have the spiritual wealth. May God protect you from the dangers of wealth that are in these verses. May he protect and deliver us who have so much in the things of this world. Let's pray. O Lord, have mercy upon us and forgive us. For in each one of these dangers we can see just how great our peril is and uh, how much we are already on the cusp of destruction. And so deliver us, increase, we pray, our faith towards you that we would see you as our inheritance uh, and that we would have the benefits of that to contradict and oppose and, and counter the effects of the dangers of wealth and grant to us then to enjoy the good from your hand and to employ it in your service. Uh, I pray that you would do this even now for each of my children, uh, that from them in their lives they would be spiritually wealthy and from them would come generation after generation who are generationally wealthy with the spiritual riches in you in christ in his name we ask it amen